You are the ultimate discipler uh, of your children, and no one can do it better than you. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We are honored that you're here again. I'm Kyle Reno, joined by Bill Elif, and man, we hope that this helps. Honestly, I hope each week you come back and you're learning more about revival and awakening and in ways that you can apply it. And Bill, I know today, man, this is going to resonate true with you because if y'all don't know this, Bill Elif has eight children and i think last count six thousand grandchildren is that right yeah. <laughs> five five thousand yeah. only only uh 26 and one on the way so we all Come we all got on. together we all got together recently for uh, our 50th anniversary and yeah. for a week had all 44 in one house and oh. uh it was glorious and i almost <laughs> lost my mind <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome and that was their gift to y'all like uh, yeah years. yeah right. they right. said they said they, get this they said dad don't don't the children usually do something their parents on the 50 i said yeah and they said well let's go to colorado and all get together and be together and we want to do that i said okay and then it was like okay dad will you pay for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? uh, it never so, stops something didn't work well, something didn't work right about that you know yeah. i don't know well, I've watched, you know, I had the privilege of watch, you know, you with your children and grandchildren interaction. And I know it, it taught me and I hope for, man, don't you just want moments that raises your children and grandchildren oh, yeah. to be different, and, you know? And, and raising them, honestly, is a string of those moments. You yeah. know, it's the daily mundane things. Yeah. But it's also seizing just these precious moments when God, you yeah. had one of those recently, I know, with one yeah, of your did. kids, didn't you? Yeah, I did, man. I, you know, we're, I'm raising five kids, you know, from 10 to two years old. And what a, what a, wimp, what a wimp. Only five. <laughs> I, pulled up, <laughs> I pulled up short. You, you, I, I can see, good sir. I can see. So, uh, I, but you know, you're, you're looking for what God's doing in each one of them, you know, and, and, and you're trying to, seed into those things moments you're speaking into your kid's life praying and then you know you don't always get that immediate return on investment you know like you, you, that you hope for but then you do get some moments and uh well i could just get tore up about this but cooper come uh piling in the house katie and him and went on a ride uh on a sunday night and had went there actually looking around looking at houses and and uh and coop had went to earlier this summer coop had went to camp with me i spoke at our student camp cooper and abel both did and uh and he watched uh he got to watch those that are ahead of him in love with jesus you know he got to watch students that were just down the road and it just did something you know it did something in him and his walk with the lord and he comes busting into the house uh on sunday night and he goes dad 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 he said, we, we pulled up at a red light and one of the kids here, Luke's his name, who's a, he's a leader and loves, loves Jesus senior. He pulled up beside them uh, at the red light and, and was oblivious to it being Cooper and Katie. And, and he said, dad, Luke pulled up beside us and he had the windows down and he was worshiping Jesus with all of his heart. 
He said he was screaming, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. He said, and he was just worshiping, worshiping the Lord. And he said, then lights turn green and he moves up to the next one. And then we pull up beside him and we get there again. He said, even more so, he was just singing with all he's got. And I was watching my 10-year-old and and it did something in it. You know, like it did it did something in him to see a 17-year-old just down the road. And it made me grateful that God had led me to take him with me to camp, you know, and that he drew this connection with this kid. And now this, and I thought, man, that's the beauty of the body. You know, yeah. like that's the beauty of the of the family of God. And that, you know, I have a personal responsibility as a dad, but we also do as a people to raise you up. Know, Absolutely. And we're talking in these this six or seven weeks about the movement of God on campuses and revival on campuses mm-hmm. and awakening. But, you know, for the first 18 years, up until mm-hmm. the day they leave for college, mm-hmm. we got them. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the most formative years of their life. And so we want to think about, OK, how how do we start in the very beginning raising a world changer, raising somebody who is in love with Jesus? And, you know, John the Apostle said, I have no greater joy than this, to see my children walking in the truth. So how do, how do we do this? And I, I want to just make a statement, and, that, and that's this, that as a parent, you are the ultimate discipler uh, of your children and mm-hmm. no one can do it better than you. Let mm-hmm. me say that again. You, you say, well, man, I'm not as spiritual as a pastor or this other lady over here. You are the ultimate disciple of your, ch- your child. Nobody can do that better than you. And God is going to come to your aid to help your child through you in ways that he's not going to come through anybody else. Now, the ch- church is the ultimate extended family, mm-hmm. but it's a partnership. Our, our task as a church is come alongside the parents and help them disciple their children. And children can be trained. I, I, I don't think that a lot of people realize this. A, a, a great book by Trumbull about child training, he said, it's a mistake of many parents to suppose that their chief duty is in loving and counseling their children rather than in loving and training them. They are faithfully to show their children what they ought to do uh, than rather train them. That's what many people think. Children can be trained in almost any direction, he said. Their natural tendencies can be curbed and guided and uh, and to make his children, by God's blessing, to be and do what they should be and do rather than what they would merely like to be and do. So how do we do this? And and for just a minute, let's just look at the ultimate parent, the ultimate trainer, and that was Jesus, right? How did he raise up his kids when he was here? One of my favorite passages about this is Mark 3. And just three little verses. I think they're the greatest verses on discipleship in the life of Christ. And it says this, Jesus went up on the mountain. He'd been praying, you know, and he summoned those whom he himself wanted and they came to him and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him 
that he would send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Now, let me just, in the brief time we have, just point out three things that Jesus did that we can do to raise up, not just get through those 18 years, not to just survive, not to just hope our kid doesn't mess up real bad. How do we, cha- how do we raise up somebody that's going to go change the world and be an instrument of God's uh, presence and power and revival and awakening? Well, the first thing, unmistakable, and how Jesus did this was prayer. It was just prayer. So in the Luke account of this, it says, it was at this time Jesus went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when they came, he came down and chose these 12 disciples. The whole night in prayer. And what was he doing? Well, he was praying for the most important decision he was going to make about investing in these particular men who were going to be his primary apostles and disciples. So prayer, you see, brings God into the equation. I have so many times a parent come to me and say, man, my son's doing this, my daughter's doing that, I don't know what to do. And really there's nothing I can do. And I, I am immediately glad to tell them, oh no, no, that's not, that's a lie from the enemy. He's whispering to you trying to get you just back off and do nothing. The greatest thing you do, regardless of where they are, is right in your hands, and that is you can pray. Prayer can do anything God can do. Prayer can go anywhere God is. Prayer changes lives, and it works. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And Jesus was constantly praying. I mean, he looked at Simon Peter one day and he said, Simon, Satan's obtained permission. He's going to sit, you're going to go through the greatest sifting you've ever been through. But I have prayed for you. <laughs> and after you return, you're going, to, you're going to be a force. You're going to be a world changer. You're going to strengthen many. And that's exactly what happened. John 17, we hear him praying for his disciples. I had the, the coolest experience last week. I was teaching on prayer to a group of about 150 senior adults that were in the church I grew up in. And this woman comes to me and she said, Bill, you don't know me. She said, I, I've been in this church over 60 years. And she said, about 60 years ago, I got married. And nine months and two weeks after I got married, we had a child, a boy. She said, I was petrified. It was a surprise. We didn't really want that child. You know, we were going to wait a little bit. And, but, it, but he just came, and I was scared to death. I hadn't had great models and know how to raise a son. I didn't know what to do. Your mother, she said, was my Sunday school teacher. And, and, and my mother, Jewel Elif, she said she came to the hospital and she was talking to me and encouraging me. And she said, Miss Jewel, she said, I, I don't have any idea how to raise this boy. And I, I've noticed that you have three sons and I've watched them. And she said, I, 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 they're just such fine boys. Now, she didn't know us all that well, but she said, they're just such fine boys. She said, how in the world did you do that? And she said, my mom paused 
and said, I can tell you in two words, I prayed. I prayed. Now, what that woman didn't know was every single day when we went off to school, my mother would go into our room and she would kneel by every one of our beds and pray for the whole day. She would cover the day, praying through the day for our young lives. And that was just the beginning of unceasing prayer for my brothers and my older sister. And this woman said, you know what? I realized, well, I can do that. And she said, for 60 years, I have prayed for my son, and I have the finest, godliest 60-year-old son you could ever imagine. You want to invest in the next generation, and particularly inside your own household? Then pray. And there's a price. I'm not talking about think about praying or talk about praying. I'm talking about really carving time to pray, praying constantly, praying throughout the day, praying every time their name comes to your mind and their thought comes to your mind. So first of all, we've got to pray. Secondly, personal time. Now, I love this verse. It says, Jesus appointed 12 that they might be with him. Jesus knew that the most important component that he could give in discipling the next generation was spelled T-I-M-E. And he didn't say, it didn't say in here, well, Jesus said, now I've uh, selected you 12 guys. I have a 12-week course on leadership and spiritual awakening I'm going to take you through. And here's a notebook. We'll meet on Tuesday nights. I won't really see you much during the week, but I'll, I'll see you then. No, he, he appointed them to be with them. And uh, how do they learn about finances? Well, when they walked with him and somebody said, are you going to pay your taxes? And he said, well, yeah, well, here's how that works. How do they learn about how do you deal with uh, people that aren't as desirable to you than other people? Well, they watched Jesus eat with the tax gatherers and sinners. They were sitting right beside him. Uh, how do you deal with people? Zacchaeus, the adulterous woman, the rich young ruler. They just watched him. Gloria Gaither, Bill Gaither's wife, said, I learned from my mother the scriptures, for she used them daily in life as a yardstick for measuring all of life. I learned to read the Bible by watching my parents pour over it alone when they didn't know I was watching. I heard it read aloud over and over in our home. Learning the scriptures wasn't something religious we felt we had to do. It was more like eating or like taking a bath. It was a necessary and refreshing part of life. Uh, a good friend of ours, Jonathan Bergen, uh, Kyle, really Kyle discipled a good bit, and is uh, one of our pastors in our churches. Uh, Jonathan said just yesterday, he said, you know, my son... Uh, his favorite thing, you know what his favorite thing to do is? He wants me to put him in the back seat of my truck and go for a ride. I said, the interesting thing is, he doesn't give a care in the world where we're going. He just wants to go for a ride. He doesn't care about the destination. He just cares about being with his dad. Wow. Just priceless. 
And discipleship is more caught than taught, isn't it? And so if you if you want to raise somebody that when they get 18 and they don't walk off into college and just completely lose their faith, pray for them. Give them personal time. I mean, we just can't we just cannot improve on Deuteronomy's instruction to us. Uh, these words says in Deuteronomy 6, 6, which I'm commanding you, God said, shall be on your heart. And then I want you to teach them diligently to your sons and talk of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Time. One final thing, though, I want you to see, and that is giving your child purpose. Jesus had three years to raise his kids, not long. And, but he was always intentional. And his purpose for his disciples was found here in verse 14 and 15 of Mark 3. He said he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and there was more. That he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. Now look at this. The, the purpose of Jesus investing in these kids was not to teach them just how to make money or how to survive or how to, how to amass things or how to have fun or how to get through school or maybe even no purpose. So what's your agenda for your kid? I don't know. Well, he, he had a purpose. And here was the purpose. I want them to know me. I want them to know me. Have an experiential relationship with Christ. And for us as parents, I want more than anything else for my kids to know that, that their mother and I love Christ, but I want to help them experience Christ so that they would love him too. If you find out who Christ is, he's altogether lovely. And then secondly, how to know and communicate the word of God. I mean, they're getting billions of hours of data, social media, school, every possible source. And about 99% of it is inaccurate. It's a lie. My task is to help them know the truth and then how to know how to preach the word, how to communicate the truth. But thirdly, how to know the enemy, the, the warfare we're in, the battle, because we're in a battle. And they're going to walk off to college and, 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 and they're walking right into a minefield, Right. My son David was a missionary in Cambodia and Phnom Penh, and he noticed there was this whole generation of kids that they wouldn't have an arm or a leg or they'd be maimed. And he said to the old salty missionary, he said, I don't, I don't get this. Why are so many kids disfigured? And he said, oh, that's a result of the Vietnam War. He said uh, there were minefields all around Phnom Penh, and they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, demine them. And so... For many years, kids would just go out playing in a field and they'd step on a mine and killed many and disfigured many. And your, your child is not living now, nor will he be, in a little field of clover. It's full of minefields. And the enemy has schemes literally with their name on it. And so we need to teach them about that, that, that we're not... We're in a battle, 
And we need to toughen them up about that. How do we, how do we resist the devil? How do we know his, his schemes and be able to handle life appropriately? So here's the thing. We're talking about revival on the college campuses and reaching those campuses. You know the greatest way to reach those campuses? Reach them before they get to those campuses. And Kyle, I think my great task and your great task is, is to give, I mean, that's my, my kids are my first church. I'm a pastor. I've been called to preach. But I kind of have a feeling I, when I get up to heaven, the Lord's going to say, how'd you do with that first church I gave you? Right. Right. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, the image of your mom kneeling beside each one of your beds praying. <clears throat> I haven't been able to move past that. Uh, honestly, and then the ending, bringing it back to the war zone in which we're raising the next generation and thinking about parents, grandparents, all that. Uh, let me tell you what happened last night. Last night I had a couple that's in our church that, that's, that's raising a teenage son struggling with uh, anxiety and depression, right? And it was a bad, bad weekend. And they, they, they said they got into a dark hole, you know, and, they decided Sunday night that uh, their son was doing something, teenage son, and they decided to go into his room and pray. And the husband and the wife did. And this is the husband telling me now. He said, we got in there and started praying, Kyle. And the presence of the Lord came. And he said, and I have never seen anyone walk into intercession like I watched my wife, who is, wow. is sort of a timid person, honestly, sort of just very even. He said at some point that the spirit of the Lord was so on my wife that she was praying and interceding and she had her hands. He says she was, she would never do this. And he, he says she was hitting the bed and just pleading for her, her son. And then big old tears in his eyes. And he said, and uh, the last three days been real good for my son. Real good. Wow. And, and I think wow. just as you're sharing, like that's the, because you are living, we are living in a minefield. You know, it takes that level of prayer, that level of time and intentionality of walking our children. We can't just hope so. You know, like we, we need yeah. to intentionally move toward. You know, one year, uh, you know, you try to do all different kinds of things to to get better at this. One year, and I've done this many years, honestly, but I just I, I took three by five cards and I asked I asked my kids if God could just stand right here before you and grant you anything in the next 12 months, what would it be? So, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've got a lot of answers from my young kids, but my second oldest daughter is, is she's very detailed and meticulous. She gave me 17 specific prayer requests. And so I wrote them, I wrote them down front and the back of the car, these 17 prayer requests. And and can I tell you, this glorious is, doesn't always happen like this, I guess. But at the end of the year, in December of that year, God had answered all 17 of those requests. Wow. And I came to her, and we got aside, and I took that card. And I said, Becca, look at this. Mm -hmm. What happened to her faith? Mm. You know, where where did she find herself after she realized that God, someone interceded for her and God answered every prayer? And uh, so we need to give those gifts to our kids. You know, 
if we're going to raise a generation that changes the world. God help us do that. Well, in light of that, man, let's pray. You know, let's pray for that very thing to happen. I'll start us off and Bill, you can close us. Lord, I thank you that you, uh, you know how to raise world changers that you have in your heart and your mind exactly what that looks like for every family that's listening, everyone that needs to listen. God, you know what that looks like for grandparents and the posts they still have in the lives of their children and their grandchildren. Lord God, how to pray with fervor and intentionality and how to give time and attention, Lord God, and how to recognize the war that we're living in and to bring truth to bear into every aspect of that, God. So I just, I pray for, Lord, just even in my spirit now, God, I pray for a tenacity. God, I, I pray that for a, not that would that will stand the test of time. God, that we would get passion and that we would see this well and that would be expressed in hundreds of different personalities, God. But it, but it would look like to the enemy an army coming, an army coming, an army coming to wage war for the future generation, God. And but. And Lord, I agree with Bill that you would help us now to raise up a generation so that when they do walk onto the college campus, the sails of their soul is spread out so they can catch the wind. They can catch yes. the wind of what you're doing, Lord, I pray. Yes. Amen. And Lord, uh, there's a price to be paid. And, and I think of it as a price of intentionality hmm. that, that, as a wife, maybe a single mother, or as a single dad, or as a husband and wife that have been entrusted with the greatest of all gifts, a child, that uh, we say, well, you know, I may not do a lot of other things, and we don't have money to do this and money to do that, but the one thing I want to give my child is I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to be their greatest intercessor the rest of their life and I'm going to give them personal time mm-hmm. I'm always going to be there I'm always going to take time I'm going to look them in the eye and not at the TV or at my my phone or my computer I'm going to give them my attention and I'm going to set aside times where I can give them more deliberate attention and I want to help by your grace to instill a great purpose in their soul that their task is to know God, to know his word and speak it and mm-hmm. to know the enemy and how we can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And so Lord, help us raise these precious gifts you've given us and prepare them. Lord, whether they go to college or or trade school, or they just work a job, they go out into life as a force that, that for the kingdom, the acceleration of the kingdom of God through their lives. We pray that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, amen, bro. That's great truth. Thanks, Bill, for sharing. That, that spoke to my heart. And man, I know it did to yours and to others. And I'd encourage you, as we always do, uh, Man, when truth gets a hold of you, let somebody else have it. You know, like share it, man. Send the link or the like these things, all the things you do with all the social media outlets, Lord, to just help spread the word of what God is doing. And we look forward to coming back next week with more truth around what's in God's heart for future generations. So we'll see you then.